All right, another fabulous day in paradise. Today we're gonna to talk about a subject, this guy right here. Probably one of the most valuable subjects you can actually learn about and to actually understand. Now you might be asking, why Mike? Why would what you're gonna to share today be one of the most valuable things I can learn? Okay, here is what it's about. Today we're gonna to talk about the 25 secrets to persuasion. These are the weapons of influence to sell anything. This is part one of three. Now, the reason this is important, like everybody, everybody's like people got jobs. People are trying, people are trying to figure out how do I, how do I get employed? How do I be, how can I make more money? How can I provide for my family? How can I take care of my personal needs? And maybe you don't think that your job is directly involved in selling, but the truth is you sold your services to the employer and the employer has to be willing to come back and to buy your services day in and day out. And the big question on your mind is, how can I get a raise? How can I take an advance inside this company? How can I, how can I create a better lifestyle, right? Or maybe you've got kids like me. I've got eight kids. And then the question is, is how do you motivate and how do you influence your kids to do the right thing? Or if you're in sales, you're like, how do I influence people to be interested and willing to work with me so that I can sell whatever so you just you just take it and put the thing inside it like maybe you're going to the grocery store maybe you're trying to influence somebody to do something different whatever it is it always comes down to influence and your ability to influence is your ability to understand how people operate here's the cool thing about people 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 are on the whole relatively predictable now we have different flavors of people and stuff but what I'm going to share with you today is the 25 cognitive biases or the 25 things that people typically have in common regardless of culture where they live, regardless of skin color, regardless of uh, religion. It, this, these are human tendencies that allow us to be influenced. And if you get this under your belt, all of a sudden it will change everything for you. So this is Mike Morris doing another Rags Rich Transformation. Um, I go by Ask Solar Mike also, so you can find me there. But let's dive into what it is that causes people to behave in certain ways. Okay, I'm going to do, this is part one of three. So I'll go through all 25 of them. But because this is a pretty extensive list and I want to make sure you get the real value out of it, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take them one by one over the next three days so that you get the information you need so that you can understand this. So the very first one on this list is reward and punishment. We, we typically, it's, you hear about this talking about the carrot and stick, but whether or not you're aware a carrot and stick event is taking place in your life is different than recognizing a carrot and stick event took place in your life. Here's what happens is when, when you do a thing, you will, you will experience a result. And whether or not that, ex that experience is a positive one or a negative one, it will then go inside your nervous system and it will trigger you to start believing that such actions get me such results. Some of them are absolutely known up front. Like you put your hand on a stove, you get burned. Okay, You just got a punishment and you didn't like it. Therefore, you're likely not as likely to put your hand on a stove. Okay, The thing to be aware of this is this thing is happening to us all the time, whether or not there people we are aware of it. Um, so, take an example. You're driving down the street. 
you probably, if you're a seasoned driver, you've probably discovered how to start looking twice in both directions to make sure that you're safe. Now, you might not have got into a car accident, but you probably had enough experiences where people were in a blind spot or for some reason you didn't see them the first time, therefore you do it, okay? This actually applies to sales. Is you, uh, you're going to find a way to help people. You're gonna find a way to reward people. Like one of the things that you can do is, is like when somebody does something, you give them a knuckle bump. Hey, that's awesome, good job, okay? That triggers something. That causes something inside your nervous system to respond. Like one of the things that people run into, and you're gonna see this, like when somebody, that, like, that knuckle bump is a trigger of dopamine. It creates some happy juice inside you. And as a result of that, then you get into a happier state. Now, not everything that you experience that gives you a positive reward is actually something of worthwhile. Let me give you an example. Somebody can look at pornography, okay? They can get an immediate shot of dopamine inside their system. It creates the happy experience. Now, on the back end, you could have remorse, you could feel bad about it, it could ruin your life, okay? But the initial, like, the, the, the proximity of doing the thing and the response is so close in proximity that it then conditions your nervous system to recognize that you like the thing even though the thing itself is not actually good for you. Now you can take and manufacture experiences like this where you can help uh, work with somebody. Like if you were doing sales, for example, you go into like a sales meeting or whatever and you're kind of humdrum, like displaced and not caring, right? Well, what you're doing is you're taking that same level of energy into it, which means you're not stimulating their dopamine. You're not stimulating excitement. You're not stimulating enthusiasm because this did not take and elevate their nervous system. As a result, your humdrum behavior causes them to be less receptive or interested in buying the product. And so you've got to figure out and think about how do you take and draw the reward and punishment and bring them in close proximity so that it can cause somebody to be stimulated in a way that makes sense. Now, one thing I want you to know about this. One, you understand this thing, okay? You've gotta be very careful because doing such a thing with poor intentions can actually cause a lot of people damage and it can cause their nervous system to be wired incorrectly. That's the big problem with pornography is it gets a great reward right up front, but it causes the nervous system to be re uh, wired incorrectly, which then causes a significant amount of damage. So you've got to become very careful of this. But bring those two things together, reward and punishment, even though if it doesn't have to be totally in their face that they can see it, but the fact that it exists will then train and condition the nervous system to behave differently. It's, it's human nature. All right, so bias number two, or secret number two, is liking, loving, tendency. What do I mean by this? We, we are very interesting creatures as human. What it is, is you could actually love or you could actually hate something. So on the, we're talking about the liking and loving. This is one of the things that they do with media where you'll bring out a famous actor, famous actress, famous celebrity, whatever it is, and they will present this before you because they already know that if you like them, there's a chance that you're going to love them way in excess of maybe what you probably should have. And as a result of liking and loving, it will then cause you to do things that you're not supposed to. This is the problem when you get a celebrity that starts smoking and they set, a, so to speak, a bad example for like younger generations or folks because then those folks will see the thing 
and it will cause them to behave different. Now, I'll give you a story kind of about this, okay? There was, back in the day, there was the, the cigarette company was Lucky Stripe. Lucky Stripe was selling cigarettes like crazy. They were trying to get people addicted to the stuff. But what it was is the guys were addicted to it and women were not addicted to it. And so as a result, they're trying to figure out how do we hook women in? How do we get women to start participating in this? How do we grow ourselves by capturing this whole market segment that thinks that smoking is gross and it's non-ladylike? Okay? <clears throat> so they went into a marketing strategy to be able to create this influence. So they called the top celebrities of the day. Call all these women up and said, okay, we're going to do this special event where we want you to do something that, that's unique that nobody else has ever done. And so there was this, this parade, this big float parade. It was nationally known. And what happened is, is the marketers went out and they started talking to all the different people saying, hey, there's a big thing that's going to happen. Pay attention to this event. Pay attention to this event. And they gave them the location and time where they could expect this big thing to happen. And what they did is all these famous women were on this float and at the right time and place, they all pulled out a cigarette, stuck it in their mouth and they lit it. Everybody was in horror, but it changed everything and brought women into the marketplace. You see what I'm talking about? When we end up liking and loving, we could actually have poor judgment about things and we have a tendency to over like things that we shouldn't necessarily like. And so... It's called, you can call it a halo effect. You could call it the person could do no wrong. You could call it a whole bunch of things. But if you're trying to figure out how to influence or motivate, find yourself in a place where you can create the halo effect. You can have, you can create an environment where people, they like you, but not only like you, that they love you, okay? So when you get into secret number three, this is actually the opposite. Think about it. Like, you could, this is, when we don't like something, we actually end up tending to hate the thing. We seem to become very black and white on many things. We can become very polarized. Okay? So, you got to pay attention to, like, have you ever met somebody, like, it seems like they do some things, but it seems like in, in your eyes or somebody else's eyes, they could never do anything right. Nothing they do right. Uh, you may have run into it at work. Like, everything they do is wrong. They can't, they can't do this. They can't do this. They can't do this. Can't do this. This person is probably the least capable person on the planet, right? And so people will get into that state. And what it will do is it will cause you to discount all the things that they did right because you just stick to the one thing that they actually did wrong. And it will cause you to behave differently. Let me give you an example so you can see this liking and loving, um, ver the secret number two, liking and loving versus disliking or hating tendencies. This uh, happened to Stephen R. Covey. He, when he got married, he couldn't figure out, he couldn't figure out why his wife required that he always buys appliances from a particular appliance company. And he's like, this is, makes no sense. We have local appliances here. Why am I driving clear out to the middle of nowhere to these next towns over and buying their appliances when it makes absolutely no sense when it's close in proximity? And he couldn't figure out what it was. And there was this, just this annoyance with his, the relationship with his wife for years. And he couldn't figure it out. And then as he was doing research and he was learning more about how people behave, the thing that caught his attention is he, he started understanding this. But what he discovered is, is, is his wife as a child, 
Her dad, it was during a recession. Life got really, really difficult. And her dad would go out and he would actually sell this particular uh, brand of appliance. And he would sell it and he would come home and his daughter would sit there and rub his feet and just try to help him feel more comfortable because it was a hard day as he's slogging it out trying to figure out how to keep his family afloat. And he would say to his daughter, I am so grateful for Appliance X Maker because they're allowing me to continue to make sales so that I can continue to provide for us and our family. And apparently they were must have been doing something where he could make sales like on credit or something without having out, actually having inventory or cash in his pocket. And it allowed him to stay afloat. And he told his daughter this over and over and over again. Without her recognizing it, her subconscious mind got wired that the only appliance that she will ever own is the appliance of that manufacturer out of gratitude for them. And so she ended up having a loving tendency that she was completely unaware of. The wires got wired. You see what I'm saying? The wires got wired inside her head to behave a certain way. Sometimes these wires can get wired correctly and sometimes they can get wired un or, uh, not correctly, right? Maybe you had an experience with employees and you're like, dude, I don't want employees ever again. Those guys are horrible, right? But nobody ever gets to the good life without having employees. You, don't, you can't be successful as a lone wolf. And so you, the wires get crossed. So that's number three. Now we're going to talk into number four. This one is doubt avoidance. This secret number four is doubt avoidance. Now, what do I mean by that? Here's what it is. You, we, we as humans, you've got to recognize as humans, we become comfortable doing a thing. And we become comfortable doing the thing over and over again, regardless if it actually makes sense. And so you would sit there and you could find yourself saying, well, I don't want to question what I'm doing, right? I don't want to question why I'm doing this thing because if I started creating a bunch of doubt in my stuff, then I would actually have to analyze what I'm doing and then I might actually have to make a change. Like you'll see people struggle with this on religion. They, they grew up in a religion. They got indoctrinated in the religion. And even if the religion is good or bad for them, they have a hard time deviating it from it because they don't want to spend time doubting they don't want to spend time doubting or questioning whether or not the thing they're doing actually makes sense. And so as a result, then they stay on that path. Now you've got to think about it. Not everybody is on a good path. Some people are on the wrong path. And so what you've got to do is you've got to think about how can you, like people when they do sales, for example, like you can bring in a new product, introduce a new thing, and people will have this, they'll have preconceived biases. Like, give you an example. So, multi-level marketing. What, what happens when you say multi-level marketing or somebody enters into it? All of a sudden, like, your friends, your family, like, nobody likes you anymore, right? Because you're trying to peddle the juice or whatever it is, and they don't want to hear about it. And so, as a result, <clears throat> you could get into MLM and then discover you have no friends. Okay, that's a preconceived notion based on things that may or may not be true. But what if I said, hey, why don't... Why don't we figure out how to get into MLM? Why don't you just take and put that out on the internet? That way, you only talk to people who are interested in the thing that you're looking for. <clears throat> that way, you can keep your friends, family, and everybody still close to you, and they still like you. Therefore, you don't actually have to lose your friends and family. Now, once you, once you as a salesperson, you take and you help people see that they can get the exact result that they want, but they can do it in a different way. 
then they could say, well, wait a minute, I can now do this. This is, this is us helping them break down false beliefs that got wired into their system that doesn't work. Like sometimes you, some people will get into a bu- uh, an abusive relationship. Instead of saying, this shouldn't happen, they, they avoid questioning. They may start even to believe that they deserve the experience that they're going through. And so it's, it's, uh, it's powerful to get sucked into the thing and then not changing a course. Um, one, like one joke that I've always heard, it was kind of funny, is like the mom, like this mom, okay, she, she always cuts off both ends of the ham and puts it inside the oven and cooks it. And one day she, she got questioned, like, why are you doing this? And it's like, well, that's what, that's what my mom did, right? And so that's because my mom did, I do. And then they kind of go back and they ask, well, Grandma, Grandma, why were you doing this? And eventually they get back to Great Grandma. And Great Grandma says, well, really has to do with it. The ham wouldn't actually fit in the pan. So what I did is I cut off both ends and then it fit inside the pan. But because we didn't want to break the, the cycle, we continued to cut both ends off the ham even though the pan got bigger and could handle it. And so just keep your eyes out for this. Look at, make sure you're paying attention to things that will cause people to doubt because they, they, it, it can serve them. But you've got to be able to help people debrake cycles that don't actually serve them. Okay? So, um, inconsistency. We're going to secret number five. It's, cause, it's called inconsistency avoidance. Um, and it's very closely tied to the previous secret, which is doubt avoidance. Okay? Inconsistency avoidance. This is one of the things that people will get roped into and as a result, will cause them a lot of damage. Um, they so if some like a public figure, you see this at, at play at public figures. They say one thing, and then if they come around and they say something that's different to the contrary of it, we will go in there and we will hang them. Boy, you're not consistent. Boy, you said you would do this. Boy, you you set one example and you did a different thing. But that actually works out very good if the thing that you're doing is right. We run into this all the time where we we start doing a project. We start doing something. And because we think it's the right thing to do, instead of being able to stop, stand back, and take a look at the data and say, is this thing actually serving me? And when we discover it's not serving us, do something different. But because we already made a commitment in that direction, we then stay committed to it. I'll give you an example of consistency theory, okay? This one... This one was very dangerous and damaging. So when we had, I can't remember, it was probably one of those world wars or it was, it was a wartime, okay? It was a wartime and the, the Chinese, they were using, they were trying to figure out how to break us down. And so when they'd collect these POWs, what they would say to these POWs is, hey, um, we really don't like this war. And rather than say, like do some crazy interrogation on they actually started using psychological weapons of influence on these guys to cause them to think differently and to behave differently. And so what they would say to these guys is, hey, you know, I don't know if we, we don't really find ourselves super supportive of this war. And so what we'd like you to do is just write, just write a little, little thing, a little paper or something, and uh, like a letter to your family. And you know, we'll go through the letters and then we'll let some of these things actually go out to the family. And so the, the POWs, they were excited about it, about the idea of letting their family know they're alive. So they would write this letter. 
And when they would look at the letter, they would look at it through the content of, does this help our cause in the war? Not the American side, the, the enemy side, right? The Chinese side. And they discovered if, if they found content that they liked, is in the Americans like, hey, we like I'm, I'm captured, like these guys are really treating me good. I really don't think this war is a good thing. If they wrote some content like that, their letters actually managed to get out. And as a result, this goes into some of the other biases. They then discovered that writing these things out would allow their letters to get out. But because they wrote this thing, they actually not only thought it, but they committed it to paper. They then started believing that the Americans were horrible and that the Chinese were fine. That this world war, these things that were going on, these atrocities and stuff were actually acceptable and it was actually being perpetrated by the Americans. And but because they wrote it, they started becoming consistent with it. And then they started writing it more and writing it more and writing it more. They got a reward of the letter going out. They became consistent with the writings that they took and they, they published. Um, and as a result, it caused their influence to shift. Now, you've got to find things in your system that allows you to create um, a consistency or you get somebody moving down a direction. Um, you've got to be careful. It works both ways. You can actually cause somebody or influence somebody to believe a thing. And then whether they believe it or not, but they've committed down that journey, they can then commit down the journey and, and continue operating. One thing I heard Ty Lopez said that I actually liked. He, people would say, Ty, you said something. And, and Ty's like, and you, now you just said something to the contrary. And Ty actually came out because he's aware of this. He goes, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with everything I said yesterday. Like, Things have changed. I got new information. Like, I don't necessarily agree with it. And when, like, I'm not encouraging you to be inconsistent, but I am encouraging you to say, what thing would cause you to, to believe differently? You get, you get these inside riots, man. The, the tribal conditions inside a group of people that are going to riot then tra translates and triculates out to the balance of people and people who would not do crazy, stupid stuff then engage in it because it allows them to be consistent with that environment. And so it's careful, you gotta be very careful who you're associating with. But take and use that. If you're trying to figure out how, how do I sell? How do I influence? How do I, one thing that you'll use is, for example, trial closes. Tony Robbins talks about this. Russell Brunson talks about this. Uh, I think it's called Ted the Pied Piper or something like that, as a real estate guy. What he would do is he would ask you questions like, Yes or no questions, where the only answer true is yes, yes, yes. See, block my head, watch, boom, boom, up, yes, down, yes, down, yeah, up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. He will get your head going up and down, up and down, up and down, so that you have a consistent yes pattern. Then when he comes and asks for the order, you discover that you are consistent with saying yes. Boom, shakalaka, that's how it's done. See what I mean? Something to be aware of. Okay, curiosity tendency. Here's what we know about us as humans. We are curious, 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 curious. We're even more curious than monkeys. So this is secret number six, curiosity tendency. We become very curious. If you go to Yahoo's webpage, take and look at the picture and the headline. Every single thing on that is designed to create curiosity, 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 curiosity. And it will cause you to click on it. It will cause you to go to the store and you see, 
is it the Enquirer or Squire or one of those things? Probably it's called a Squire. Um, anyway, you pick it up and you see these shocking images. The Prince Diana's still alive. They found, right? Or something like that. And you're like, <gasps> she's still alive? Curiosity. Woo, baby. So then you might pick it up and you might start perusing that baby and being curious. It's all about curiosity headlines. Like if you think that you know the answer, um, you're not interested. If you're think if somebody's not clicking on your stuff, somebody's not engaging with your content, somebody's not working with you on whatever you're doing, because you got too much curiosity, you there's no mystique inside you. And so when I when you want to work with a customer or you want to work with something, leave leave important things out that allows them to become curious. Like what is this? What is that? And you gotta if you if you I've made this mistake in the beginning of being there and answering everything, right? And like, I'm not saying when you're meeting with a customer or doing a sales thing, you should go through and answer their questions. But you can't get the appointment unless you find a way to create curiosity so that they can discover the benefit. And without creating that curiosity so they can discover the benefit, you will never be able to advance that sell forward. That's just the way we are. We are like extremely curious, okay? So secret number seven, it has to do with fairness tendency. We, we as humans typically lean towards being fair. Um, like, do you want to be known as not being fair? Actually, let me rephrase that. Do you want to be known as a fair person? Do you want a reputation as a fair person? Like everybody, virtually everybody that's built right actually wants to be fair. And so when you say you could do things like it has everything to do with the golden rule. So if I, if you want to, if you want to cause some influence, you do a nice thing for somebody, right? Well, then it causes reciprocation. And so you do, you want to be fair. We just want to be fair. So as you're trying to figure out how do you take and sell or how do you take an influence or how do you take and motivate? And you could say to something like, hey, somebody's got this objection to something you've got. You're like, you know what? Why don't we just take a look at the facts? Would that be fair? Like, who would not say that that's not fair? Yeah, let's look at the facts, right? Like, we don't, we, it's not really a judgment call. Let's just look at the data and see what's right and what's wrong. Would that be fair? Everybody's going to say that. So you're taking and you're working with a client. So you're going to make requests of a client. It's natural. Like, I want you to buy this thing. Or I want you to do this thing. Would that be fair? Like, would this be fair? Would it be fair to look at the data? Would it be fair to look at the facts? Would it be fair? Would it be fair? Use the word fair because people want to be fair. To be unfair is not to be in alignment with what we perceive as the right thing and the wrong thing. And so that is secret number seven. Use the tendency of fairness in a fashion that allows people to move forward. Like when people think of solar, like... Here's what the solar guys do. This is the mistake. Is they come at a customer and they start going, buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my stuff, take my stuff. Here, I want you to have my stuff. Okay? Well, the customer's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Okay? You're pushing a thing on me that may or may not actually serve my purpose. But if you say to the customer this, you know what? I'm not sure if this thing's going to work for you. Why don't, why don't we run the numbers? And then just look at the data and then you can decide, does that sound fair? Well, yeah, right? 
yeah, it, be, it becomes fair. It becomes fair because now you're not trying to jam something down my throat that I don't want. You're going to allow me to see the data, the information, and the numbers so that I can assess for myself if this thing does something for me that would be useful. So create fairness. You got you to gotta create a fair. You want, like you want my email address? Okay, give me something in exchange that's a value so that there's a fair exchange. You've got, you got to think in terms of what, what's fair and what allows somebody else to be benefited. Um, I, I spend time on this trying to think, what, would it co- what, what do I need to do that would give, these, give somebody value to hear what I've got to say? What would I could do to be able to give value so that people would be willing to say, that's fair and I can now make the exchange? Okay, that is, that is the very first one of seven secrets. This is part one of three. Um, I want to break this up because these things are actually too important not to actually understand. And as a result, I want to make sure that you get the most out of this. Now, I'm going to use one of my fairness on you. Okay, here, try it and see what you think of it. This is what I would say to you if we were sitting across from each other. I want to use some of these examples. Um, let me bring it all together again. So, say we want to meet, okay? I would start talking to you and I would create... I would, I would want to create a good relationship. I want you to be able to like me. Um, then I want, I want you to believe that being able to connect or associate with me would create some sort of reward. I want you to be like I talk about having the good life. I want people to have the good life. I'm going to make myself very likable. Um, if with a little luck, I will then cause you to believe that the utility company is the evil empire that will suck the money out of your checking account for the rest of your life. And it is true. Because everybody has a lifetime long utility bill. You can't escape it. Okay, So I'll help you discover that. Now, big thing that you're going to run into is you're going to doubt that solar could actually help you. Because you've been so committed for so long going down the same path of paying the utility company money every single month. That introducing the solar product would then cause you to go... Whoa, wait, wait a minute. It causes a glitch in your brain, right? And because you got this glitch in your brain, you're like, I don't know if that's going to work for me. And so then you're going to go, no, 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 no. And then I would come in and say, hey, well, you know what? Why don't we, why don't we just look at the numbers? Okay, let's just take a look at these numbers and see if it could actually help you. Would that be fair? Just look at the data and the facts. Now, I also stimulated in that very experience curiosity. Well, what are the numbers? What, what do those things look like, right? So now I've got some curiosity going. You're now asking the question, what would it do? And so then, now that I've got you at least going down the direction, now I can start playing with like, look, it's not going to hurt you um, to, to look at it. And since you're like, yeah, I could be fine with doing the numbers. And so with a little consistency, then you're willing to actually keep the appointment where I can present to you new information where you could say, you know what? I, my belief that I have to be a lifer with the utility company was probably false because that was wiring that got wired into your head from the day you were probably born because electricity was here before you got here. So I can cause you to start saying, well, wait a minute, that actually might be a better solution for me. And so those are, those are the seven. They're the seven that I, I kind of want you to see that in place so that you can start understanding it so that you can start applying it to your own life. You can do this if you're an employee. You can do this if you've got kids. You can take and do this if you sell something. You could take and use this in every environment. The, the truth is, is these are human tendencies. These are natural. And as a result, they're effective 
on people. So if you're not people, no, they'll still work. Because even if you work with animals or you work with anything on this planet that actually can get some sort of stimulus and response out of it, it'll work. Okay? So, boom, shakalaka. That's one of three. Tomorrow, uh, tomorrow we will do the, the next, we'll do part two where we'll break this down. Um, if you're trying to figure this stuff out more, go to my, I've got my podcast where you can go to. This is Rags to Riches Transformation. You can go to AskSolarMike.com. I can teach you or show you more about this where you can literally start digging in and getting it. Anyway, I will talk to you later.